the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. Compulsive behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony B. starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good evening, everybody out there. I hope you're doing well tonight. I hope you're safe. I hope you've prayed today. I hope you're joining us, and we're going to have a great show today, and we welcome you to Recovery Radio Houston. I'm here with my co-host, Tony B., and we're excited to Hello. be back in the studio. How are you tonight, Good Tony? evening. It's hot out. It is hot. You know, I cleaned my garage out today, and it was really hot. What does that feel like? I haven't done that in like 15 years. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, we need round two. Let's my my kids way. do that. Yeah. Well, t- Tony, this show is, is about hope, the hope that Jesus Christ offers to the lost, to the brokenhearted, and specifically to those that are under the bondage of addiction and their loved ones who uh, sometimes don't have any hope. We're going to have a great show tonight, about, and we're going to have an amazing testimony that's going to give people hope out there. Because God wants you to know that no matter where you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, if you give your heart to Jesus Christ, he will forgive you. He loves you, and he's got a mighty purpose for your life. So this week, Tony, we're excited to have Mike Vecchio uh, he's going to be calling in because he's in Florida. Mm-hmm. He's going to be our, go- our, our ghost, our, our guest. A ghost. Uh, yeah, <laughs> our guest. And Mike is is the C- COO or the, or the uh, chief operating o- officer of Project Hope and Saving Grace Women's Home. And they have uh, both men's and women's treatment facilities, Christ-centered treatment facilities, Amen. faith-based treatment facilities here in the Houston area. They've got one in Arkansas, and uh, they've got one in Florida. So uh, Project Hope uh, stems out of, uh, you know, the cross and the switchblade, Tony, with uh, David Wilkerson, how he went into New York in the 50s and and uh, started ministering to the gangs and sh- and just was, if you have never read that book or seen the movie, it is so uplifting. This man went into the heart of the gang territory and uh, he won the hearts and minds of these people and he, 
He uh, baptized him in the Holy Spirit. And they could use him up there right now. They could use him well any time. And out of that came a something called Teen Challenge. And there's teen and adult Very challenge. Very familiar now. with Teen Challenge. Yeah, and it's a Christ-centered uh, recovery program. And uh, so, and, and Project Hope, as I understand it, and I, and I got a little preview this morning. Uh, but Mike's got an incredible testimony uh, from addiction, like you and me, Tony, mm-hmm. uh, to walking in the light, as our as our preliminary says. So. Uh, you, you can join us tonight. You can call in and you can join us and, and Mike can take your calls or you can have prayer requests or, uh, you know, we can we can visit with you at 1-800-808-5548. That's 1-800-808-5548. So, and you can also watch us on Facebook Live, but remember on Facebook Live you have to have the, the show simulcast on either kkht.com um, or on the, uh, on the station 100.7 if you're here locally. And I always forget the other way. Uh, would you, the app. The, the app. Yeah, 100.7, the word app. KKHT 100.7, the word app. Well, before we pull Mike up on the air, let's pray. Okay. Father God, we come to you tonight. You know, Father, we're just, we, we're just humbled at how magnificent, how wonderful you are. How much you love us, Father. Yes, uh, you, you sent your son to die for us when we were yet sinners. Yes. And uh, we're just so grateful for that, Father. And we just ask, uh, Father, for healing in our land right yes, now. We've, we've got division with the pandemic and with controversy over the gentleman that was killed, and and we just we we need we need to come together in this country, yes. one nation under God, and and with Christian values, and helping each other and loving each other and trying to empathize with each other. Father, bring us together. Uh, Father, we pray for godly wisdom for our leaders as they grapple with these challenges and we just pray that you send a hedge of protection angels to protect everybody and keep them safe and father we we pray for the lost out there we pray for their loved ones the collateral damage because there is hope and uh, father we just ask the people out there have ears to hear and hearts to receive in jesus mighty name amen, amen. all right well let's let's get right to it let's pull up mike um mike how are you You're here with pastor john allworth and with to- my co-host tony b how are Hello, you doing mike. this evening Hey, how are you guys? I'm I'm doing good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we we got introduced to Mike through a dear friend of both Tony and I's indirectly uh, through Pastor Roger Obergon, who uh, is gone to work for left uh, New Covenant Church has gone to work for CT Church, and so Mike, uh, you're as I understand it, you're COO or Chief Operating Officer of both Project Hope and Saving Grace Women's Home. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that is correct. So let's uh, and and Pro- Project Hope and is uh, has both uh, women's and men's uh, Christ-centered rehab underneath it, and uh, you know we're so excited to have you on because uh, there are there are some facilities out there for for men, but they're they're really hard to find for women. So we're, yeah, we're really excited. Where all do you have women's facilities right now? Currently, uh, our only women's facility is in Houston, Texas. Um, we're working on opening. Uh, we just announced that we're going to be opening. We're raising the funds to start one in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. And um, we're actually on the verge of securing a large piece of property in a house in Santa Fe, Texas, uh, so we can double our women's capacity uh, for the Houston area. Well, that is awesome because it is sorely needed. Tony, you were telling me before we came on in. Yeah, we had that conversation. It's really amazing how uh, many times I've run into uh, women that need to 
have a place to go and they're just not there unless they're battered women's shelters or uh, yeah. I think the star of hope is about the only big resource in Houston besides the one you're talking about that I, uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure is going to deserve some more publicity, but it's very hard for, um, for a woman that just wants to get sober to find a place just for women. So it's just wonderful the work you guys are doing. I, I just put on Facebook, if you're li- watching on Facebook Live, you have to go to either 100.7 if you're in the Houston area to listen to Mike. You can hear us on Facebook Live, but to listen to Mike, you have to go to uh, 100.7. Or if you're out of the area, you can go to kkht.com. That's kkht.com. And hit the Listen Live button, and you can catch up. So, Mike, we, we like to do, you know, Tony and I uh, both have histories of addiction, and uh, we, we find that testimonies are really powerful because there are people out there that, th- that think there's no hope. And uh, yeah. w- the three of us know that if God lifted us up, <laughs> nothing is impossible for God. So let's, let's talk a little bit about you. Where, where'd you grow up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I grew up in Long Island, New York, um, you know, born and raised there for most of my life. And, um, you know, I, I had a, a normal upbringing, uh, I guess if you would call it that, you know, uh, uh, I have two sisters, my mother and father still together. Um, you know, I guess as far as somebody that went down the path of addiction, uh, I'm unique in that there's nothing you could point to that, you know, you, you would say, Oh, that's why he became a drug addict. Um, you know, there was no, big trauma. There was no indicator um, that I would end up going down the road that I went down. Well, you know, the enemy is, is cunning, and he seeks to kill, seek and destroy, and, and uh, steal and destroy, and he he can get any of us. You know, addiction does not... Does not discriminate. It does not discriminate on age, no. uh, race, uh, background, anything else, and, and, you know, we've sat in enough meetings and in enough uh, churches meetings to know that, that people come from all walks of life uh, and, and it can grab anybody. Is there any, I'm just curious, is there any addiction history in your family history? No, um, at least not that I was aware of. Um, you know, it, it wasn't something that I was, um, brought up around, you know, I had family that would casually drink. Um, but no, uh, I was the first to really go, <laughs> you know, all the way down the road like I did. Well, again, um, he's looking for, he will devour, he's out there like a roaring lion looking to devour us. So what age did you start uh, down the path of addiction? Uh, It was when I was at the end of high school. Um, I was, I guess, a late bloomer. I was just Uh, thinking the same thing because everybody says 14. (laughs) I was just thinking this guy's a late bloomer. Everybody says 14. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it was my senior year of high school that, um, you know, I decided I wanted to try uh, and smoke weed. Um, you know, I wanted to drink. It was the summer was coming up. And, um, you know, I tried it and nothing bad happened. You know, I, I got high. Uh, I went home, um, you know, and that was that was really it. And so it led me to get comfortable with doing it again and again. Um, and, you know, that's that's how it started for me, uh, you know, just smoking weed a lot uh, until one day I was offered a, a painkiller. And, you know, that's that's really where uh, everything changed for me. I, I, you know, it was no longer an option. That was something that I needed. 
Yeah, you know, people, strength of the opioid. There is a debate out there. Of course, is marijuana is legalized across our country as to whether or not it's addictive sure. and whether or not it's a gateway drug. Well, that's where I started. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And yeah. and like you're saying, Mike, it 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 absolutely is because you don't go from sobri- complete sobriety, never having tried anything, to that painkiller. Or most people don't. It's a it's a gradual right. thing. We get into alcohol, we get into marijuana, and, and then you know something else comes along, and like you just said. Nothing bad happened, so why not? You know, yeah. we're young, we're foolish, mm-hmm. we think we're invincible, and uh, away we go. So tell us more about uh, how, the road that you went down. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I found myself addicted to painkillers, um, and I didn't know I was addicted back then. Just looking back on it, I can see that. Um, but I, I went from, you know, smoking weed every day and taking painkillers to actually uh Joining the Marine Corps, um, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with my life. Uh, I I felt like I wasn't supposed to go to college or join a trade, um, you know. So I I joined the military. I don't have a history of you know family in the military or anything like that. Um, I just kind of leapt into it. And um, funny looking back on it now, uh, I can tell that in boot camp, I was actually going through withdrawals from opiates. I thought that I had just got sick uh, the first week of boot camp. Um, you know, so it's, it's crazy uh, looking back on all of that. But, you know, I, my, my partying ways and my addiction, uh, it didn't just go away because I was a Marine. And uh, because of my habits, I ended up getting discharged about a year and a half into service um, for failing a drug test. And when I got back home, uh, I just went uh, head over heels into addiction. Uh, I found Oxycontin, and within a month of being back home from the Marines, I tried heroin for the first time. Um, you know, it was so it was less than two years total from the first time I smoked weed till. I'm injecting heroin. Wow, that's that's a heck of a road. I just we've got some people on Facebook that if you're on Facebook and you need to hear the, and you want to hear the caller and he's our guest. So what you need to do is you either need to be if you're in Houston, you can tune into 100.7 uh, on your FM radio dial, the word. Or if you're out of town, you can go to the internet. You can go to kkht.com. That's kkht.com, and go on there, and there's a listen live button. And uh, then you can hear the caller, you can hear the whole program that way, and you can still watch on Facebook Live. So, again, if you want to hear Mike, and he's got an incredible testimony, I can tell already, uh, you go to kkht.com and hit the listen live button or 100.7 here in Houston. There's also an app you can download, but the fastest way right now, if you're trying to watch right now, would be to go to kkht.com and uh, hit listen live. You can also join the program by calling 1-800-808-5548. Ask us questions for prayer requests or to ask Mike questions. So that's amazing, Mike. You went from, in two years, you went from yeah. s- from smoking marijuana to injecting heroin. Man, the devil, he, he works overtime sometimes. He works fast. How, how, yeah. how long were you, when you went into the Marines, you said you had the withdrawals from opiates. How long had you been doing opiates before you went in? Uh, for a couple of months, and um, you know that that was really it. But it had it had become an everyday habit, uh, and like I said, I didn't know back then what addiction was or what withdrawals were. Um, I was very naive to it. So anytime I went without, uh, you know, I didn't put it together that oh, you're you're sick now because you don't have these pills. 
Yeah, that's amazing how quickly we can become addicted, mm-hmm. particularly the opiates. Uh, so uh, I'm sure once you started injecting heroin, what happened then? So uh, everything uh, everything got terrible pretty quickly. Um, you know, I was able to support my own habit for uh, less than a year, um, you know, working two jobs throughout the week and spending every dollar that I earned uh, and then some on, on a heroin addiction, um, you know, and, and keeping it a secret. You know, my family, I know that they knew something was off, but they would have never guessed that this is what was going on. You know, there was, there was no prior indicator that um, this was something that I'd be into. You know, I, I even hated getting shots as a child growing up. So I'm mm-hmm. sure the thought of me injecting myself, um, you know, they, they could never imagine that. And, um, I remember it was about a year into my addiction that I was exposed, um, that my parents, you know, found out what was going on and, and what all I was doing. Um, because at that point I had, I had to start stealing from them and, you know, valuables start come up, coming up missing and money is starting to come up missing from the house. Um, you know, and that's, that's the first time that uh, I went away to a program was uh, about a year into my addiction. And so the first program that you went to, um, it was not faith-based. What kind of program was that? No, it wasn't faith-based. Um, I, I went and did a detox first. Um, and that was actually all that I did at first. Um, you know, it was a five day detox and, uh, I, I convinced myself and others that that's all I needed was to get clean of it and uh, to get through the withdrawals and that I would be fine. Um, and, you know, I I used uh, the very day that I got out of detox, I couldn't wait to go and, and use again. Isn't that amazing, the, the things that we tell ourselves that we justify? Because we've got the enemy's voice in our ear. We're not listening to the right voice. And uh, we can justify anything. I know a lady well, that went through detox not too long ago. She celebrated by coming out by having a beer. Well, you know, so. But it also uh, <laughs> exemplifies the, the principle that, you know, God could have would if he were sought. Without God in the equation... You can't get rid of your own desire. No, God has yeah. to remove it. Yeah. yeah, without God, I can't. Yeah. Without me, God won't. So, you can stay yeah. dry for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, as far as maintaining it and... Uh, yeah, but I, I think Mike's experience where he, he used the day he came out is, is, is more... It's very typical. It, uh, it's a lot of people I've heard. People walk down the jailhouse yeah. steps and... They go cop right after. Uh, absolutely, you know, you know this. Uh, you know, five days is is, is just cr- crazy. Nobody's <laughs> yeah. going to get sober in five days. Nobody's going to get uh, have recovery. I, I can't do a lot of things in my life in five days. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but the truth of the matter is, and this is what this is what's wrong with secular recovery. Twenty eight days isn't long enough either. Thirty yeah. days, yeah. twenty eight days. But see, there's a difference though. There's secular recovery, and then there's institutionalized recovery. There's government mandated recovery. There's work recovery. You know, secular recovery doesn't just push a time limit. It doesn't push. uh, In fact, the book of uh, the big book of AA says that God has to be in the equation. Well, sure. But insurance companies push a time limit. Yeah, the institutionalized recovery. And uh, and recovery centers that want you to come back and come back and come back because because you want your job to keep paying for it. it. Which is why. And we're going to get to this, Mike, and I don't want to skip ahead. But that that's Mm -hmm. that's what's so important that people have got to realize about faith based recovery. If you right. want a supernatural, supercharged recovery, you've got to put Jesus Christ into the equation, yeah. or you're never going to get anywhere. The big book even says 
says, if you want to be rocketed into the fourth dimension. Well, I mean, that is, that's the, the Jesus experience, put, amen, in, put in layman's terms. Amen. So, okay, we've been to, through yeah. one recovery center, and, um, and uh, yeah. well, we've gone to one detox thing. So what happened next? One, one detox. Uh, and you can pretty much, you know, wash, rinse, and repeat that cycle for the next two years of, of doing a, uh, a detox, trying a 28-day program, you know, going away for 30 days. Uh, going away for 90 days, um, even going away for nine months. And, um, you know, every time that I went away, you know, I discovered something about myself and that it's I can put my addiction on pause at will. If I knew that, okay, I'm going to be away for 28 days, I know that, hey, day 29, I can go get high. If I'm going to be away for 90 days, I knew day 91, I can get high. You're setting goals. Um, You're setting goals. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And as, I mean, it, as Paul it writes crazy. In, in Romans, we're a slave to whatever we obey. Right. And at that point, you're just yeah. obeying the addiction. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how many times, you know, yeah. that's what happened. Uh, you know, I mentioned on this program before with my mom, I, you know, wish I could go back in time and knew what I knew today back then. But, uh, you know, I think we had her in eight different rehabs and, um, it was the same thing, you know. She'd, uh, in fact, what she would do is she'd go to rehab. She'd meet people from all over the country. They'd become her drinking buddies over the phone because she, you know, was embarrassed to do it in public after all this. But uh, they'd call each other up and 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 get drunk. It was just a place to meet people to have secret parties with later. So, what what finally changed? What what finally kicked in? So uh, I think the the first step of me actually getting my recovery right was when I went to Teen Challenge, um, oh, and you know I, I experienced uh, a real relationship with Jesus there. I had I had gone to church uh, growing up. I had even taught in children's church. Um, I knew of the Word, but I, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And you know, I experienced, um, you know, the peace that only comes from, from having that relationship while I was there, um, you know, and, and after having that, you know, I, I knew that that, that was real. Um, it didn't stop me from, once again, doing my own thing. When I, when I went to Teen Challenge that first time and experienced that peace, I was there because I was trying to beat a drug charge, um, and a 30-day program wasn't going to get me through this drug charge. And, um, you know, they dropped my charges at eight months into the program. And uh, I left. I left right away. And again, I got high uh, right then. And, wow. um, you know, it. it's just something was different, though, when I went out and got high that time. It was no longer fun. Um, you were I con- mean, you guys know... You were convicted. Yeah. 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 Not condemned, but you were convicted. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because, you know, that personal relationship with Jesus, it is amazing uh, how many people out there think they're religious, but they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and and don't ever uh, have that intimacy that is necessary for the true recovery. Well, you know, an interesting spin on that is the way you say um, that he went out and he used again, but and it wasn't fun anymore because he felt convicted. There are plenty of people that go out there and they stay dry for twenty five years, and, yeah. and, and they they're miserable. Yeah, why? Because they're not aware of what God is doing for them. Because they haven't developed that relationship. God is working as long as you're working the steps, the program, right? Yeah. But you're not encountering that relationship, and that's why you're so miserable. Yeah, you know, I, I know more than one story of people that have multitudes of years in sobriety, and they're so miserable they want to put a gun in their mouth. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, it's real talk. I mean, you know, yeah. they live their life without uh, the presence of God uh, acknowledged, and they never really fully recover. Well, you just can't have that peace that surpasses all understanding until you have that relationship, and and you've got to have a you've got to become you know as as flawed as we are, you've got to try to become Christ-like and right. start giving back and start being a servant as mm-hmm. Christ was, and and that's when real recovery kicks in. So you went out eight months. Uh, yep. Teen Challenge, uh, you know, tell us just a little bit. Some some of our listeners may not know the whole story of the cross and the switchblade and, and David mm-hmm. Wilkerson and Teen Challenge. Can you give us a little history there? Yeah. Um, I mean, David Wilkerson, he he set out um, and established the first Teen Challenge back in 1958 in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and he was on a mission back then to help uh, a specific group of teenagers. Um, which is where it got the name uh, Teen Challenge. Um, he had seen them on the news and uh, felt felt a call to go minister to them and help them, um, you know. And he ended up uh, helping out a, a man named Nikki Cruz and a couple of other people that were instrumental in in just carrying on the message. And it is a Christian discipleship program. Amen. Um, you know, it it is. It helps that I was in the Marine Corps because it is very structured, so it was easy for me to fall in line. But, you know, people coming out of addiction uh, were living lives of chaos, so it was good for, you know, my whole day from 5.30 in the morning until 9.30 at night uh, is structured and orderly, um, you know, and, and that's something that I needed to, to get back in my life, to get that, that discipline, uh, that discipline to read the Word, prayer time, uh, biblical studies, um, that, that whole foundation that's needed to, to walk a successful life when you're done. You know, isn't that amazing? What strikes me there, Mike, is is that God never wastes anything. You know, mm-hmm. people would have looked at when you got discharged from the Marines for for a positive drug test of that being a failure. But God used it. <laughs> you just said he gave you the discipline that you needed yeah. to, in your life to, to truly develop a relationship with him and to, to get where you are today. So how long when you went back out uh, after the eight months and, and used and you didn't enjoy it anymore? How long were you out yeah. that time? Uh, I was I was still out for another year, um, and that that whole time I was fighting, uh, knowing that I needed to get back into that program, knowing um, that I knew the truth, uh, but I just did not want to. I did not want to submit. I didn't want to submit my whole life over to God. I wanted to, you know, keep keep some of my life for me. Um, I wanted to be able to work a normal job and do a little bit of drugs. Of course, I had no control over any of that. Um, yeah. So it was a year later that I actually got arrested again and uh, decided, I, I this is it. I need to go back. Wow. So, and you know, uh, so many of us think that that arrest is the worst thing that ever happened to us in our lives at that point but it turns <laughs> out my be, life yeah. it turns out to be the very best thing that ever happened to us in our yeah. lives so there's a lot of police officers that are catching some heat right now but they do a lot of good work out there and and uh mm-hmm. you know we need to pray for them we need to pray for everybody but uh um you know so uh, i'm grateful for what happened to me but in any event so yeah. so you went back uh in so did you mm-hmm. where did you go did you go to back to team uh, challenge I did. I went back to Team Challenge. Um, I I beat my drug charges after four months this time, but had determined that I'm going to stay. I need to finish this. Um, If for no other reason than I need to finish something, I'm tired of, you know, uh, quitting. Um, 
And uh, I did. I finished the program. Uh, I even stayed on and uh, worked and interned for a couple of months. And unfortunately, I got in my own way again um, and ended up leaving. I got bitter at, at ministry because I was trying to do ministry without ministering to myself. I Man, wasn't oh, in my boy, word that, anymore. That pertains to a situation we're familiar with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that hit me right between the eyes. Say that again. You were doing ministry— yeah, I was trying to do ministry without ministering to myself. Wow. There's so many people out there need to hear that phrase. You probably make a T-shirt out of that. You know, but <laughs> but what I keep hearing, too, is every time you fell down, Jesus still had his hand out. That's right. Yeah. He's working whether you're doing it or not. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> and he's always going to be there yeah. for you, man. It's 24-7. It's so amazing the love our God has for us. So, uh, yeah. so okay, you left, uh, you left, you interned. How, how long were you yeah. there in the program and working at that point in Teen uh, Challenge? So I, I went through the program. The program was a year long, and then I stayed on and interned for three months, um, and I, I left at that point. Okay. And um, I, I went right back. Uh, down the same road. And I remember, um, again, it, it gets worse every time, of yeah, course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I got back this time, uh, I remember my mother could tell that I was back in my addiction, even though I was hiding it. And, uh, you know, she even asked me, like, weren't you just a teen challenge? Weren't you just in the word? Like, was, was that fake? What was going on? Um, you know, and it, it broke my heart to to see what this was doing to my to my own family. Yeah, wow. How long did you stay out that time? Uh, I was out there for, uh, it was another five months, and, um, you know, I, I lost everything in this last go-around, um, you know, where I, I couldn't keep a job at all. Uh, I didn't have a car. I sold that for dope. I didn't have a bicycle. Um, you know, I I had nothing. I had burned bridges with, you know, those last few friends that were still supporting me, nobody really wanted me around at this point. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was a very dark place. I spent the majority of, of my time alone in my bedroom, um, you know, not wanting to see anyone, not wanting to associate, just uh, addiction, you know, just brings you to that point of isolation. And uh, it does. I had, a, it was, it was, it was a very dark time. Um, you know, I tell people I wasn't ever suicidal, but I wouldn't have minded to not wake up the next day. Yeah, um, Mike, you know, I, we're, I had... we're gonna we're gonna go into a break here now in just a second. So, folks, we've heard we've heard yeah. about the progressive nature of of addiction, and we've heard how it just it just keeps getting worse, and and the isolation that comes. But there's hope. There's hope in Christ Jesus. And so, when we come back, Mike, will you stick with us until we come back through the break, please. Yeah, and, and we're gonna hear about the redemption because our God is a restoring God. So, join us and feel free to join the program at one eight hundred eight zero eight five. That's 1-800-808-5548. All right, this is Recovery Radio Houston coming to you live Saturday night, halfway through. We'll be back after a short three-minute break.
you are not hidden there's never been a moment you were forgotten you are not hopeless though you have been broken your innocence stolen i hear you whisper Welcome back to Recovery Radio Houston. We are hearing an amazing testimony with Mike Vecchio, who's with uh, with Project Hope and Saving Grace Women's Home. We're going to pull him back up. We're going to hear about how God restored his life and all the wonderful things he's doing in ministry. Yeah, uh, before we get into that, I wanted to bring up, uh, we know that we have this issue with people not being able to hear the phone calls on Facebook Live. And trust me, we're working on a way to get that uh, fixed so that we'll be able to have both happen on Facebook. However, until that happens, and for anybody in the future that wants to enjoy it, I've been pushing these podcasts of ours to, uh, you can go to, like the way I did it was I went to Google Podcasts, I put the app on my phone. I know there's a way to do it through iPhone. I'm not familiar with it because I'm an Android guy, but you can do the same thing. And uh, you pull up in the search engine, Recovery Recovery Radio Houston Podcast, You'll find our logo. You'll see 100.7 on a John Allworth, and you click on it and hit subscribe. And that means every week, as soon as they put the podcast online, you'll get it delivered to your phone, and then you can hear the whole show with the callers and everything. So even if you catch us on Saturday night and you want to hear everything all together, that's a good way to keep up with us also, and it's free. Yeah, and if you miss a show, because folks are busy out there, hopefully our country. And you can have like a little library of whenever you want to listen to them. Our country's going to get back going together. But again, yeah. if, if you're listening now and you want to hear Mike Vecchio, it's just an amazing testimony. You can go to 100.7, catch it live on FM, or you can go to kkht.com and hit the Listen Live button. You can hear the whole show now live. And uh, you can also join us by calling 1-800-808-5548. So let's pull Mike back up, and we're going to hear how the Lord restored his life and redeemed him and all the wonderful things he's doing in ministry now. Mikey, still with us? Yes, sir. You're a good man. Thank you, sir. We really appreciate you being on here. So, okay, you've gone out. uh, You've become isolated. I think all of us, or so many of us anyway, when we hit bottom, we become isolated. I heard something in a meeting that I thought was really good. One of the problems with isolation is you get really bad advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But you've got another voice, and it's the voice of the enemy. So uh, your family was upset. All kinds of things were, were happening. So what happened next? Yeah, I, I, again, I, I had destroyed, you know, uh, the trust of my family. Uh, my father at that time had actually, um, he, he had a horrible accident, uh, fell down the basement stairs. He was, um, he had to have double uh, surgery on both of his knees. Um, so this is like the last thing my family needed was for me to be back in addiction. And um, I, I ended up resorting back to old faithful, uh, my, my way of getting money, which was, you know, stealing from those closest to me. And, um, you know, it, I, it became just this thing where my mother would, you know, she'd have to ask me to leave the house while she goes to work. I couldn't be there. Um, and I would sneak back in and go through her stuff and try to steal jewelry, anything I could that I'd be able to go pawn. Uh, and I remember one day in particular, I went and stole some jewelry and uh, walked to the pawn shop and, and sold her jewelry, got drugs, got high, went back home, 
And I remember when she came home, uh, I was living in the basement at that time and I could hear her, uh, walking to her bedroom and I could, I could hear that she was checking, uh, to see if I had found her jewelry. And she walked over to the basement stairs and she just started yelling, uh, what do you want, Michael? Michael, what do you want? What do you want? And every time she would say that, um, you know, the only thing I wanted to say was Jesus. Um, it was like my heart was crying out for Jesus. I didn't open my mouth. (laughs) If I would have, that was the only word that was going to come out every time she said that. And it was like this, this moment of clarity to me that, that that's all I want. That's what I need. She's asking me and that's what my heart is crying out for. Um, you know, and it was at that point that, that I knew I have to get back into ministry full time. I have to, I have to submit to Jesus. This is no, this is not a game anymore. I'm going to end up losing my life if I don't do this. Amen. That is the only thing that can replace this obsession that those of us that have this addictive problem, addictive gene. But buckle your seatbelts, folks, because there's hope. And now we're going to hear what happens when, when you really mm-hmm. submit and turn your life and will over to Jesus. So what happened next? Amen. Amen. So, uh, you know, I, I reached out at first to Team Challenge again. Uh, thinking, hey, you know, they'll take me back and everything will be good and, and that's the road I'm supposed to go down. And uh, they didn't want me to come back to that same program. And, you know, back then I, I didn't realize why that was. Now being in the position I'm in, I understand it. Um, so it it made me turn to an alternative uh, measure and I, I reached out to a buddy of mine that had graduated the program and he had actually just helped to start Project Hope down in Houston, Texas uh, in 2013. And he said, man, come come on. If you need you need help, you need to get right, uh, come down here and, and join the team. And uh, that was October in two, that was October 2013 uh, that I went down to Houston, Texas uh, to serve just as an intern. Um, and I really didn't care what my job would look like. Honestly, uh, I'm the COO now. I was never doing it for a position. I just wanted to get into right relationship with Jesus and be submerged in ministry. Uh, and you know, that's that's all I really cared about. And so, when did my Pro- life has. Go ahead. Uh, when, when did Project Hope start? It, it began in 2013. It was um, it was July 2013 that it first started. So you were there on the ground floor. Yeah. And, and at this point, you fully submitted and fully committed your life to Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I went down to the altar and just said, this is it. This is my life. Uh, whatever you want to do with it, Lord, it's it's yours. You know, I'm done. I'm done deciding things for myself. Turn that will over. Amen. That's wonderful. So, mm-hmm. you know, what we're really excited about is because uh, we're in, uh, we have a partnership, a ministry partnership with uh, the Open Door Mission here in, in, in Houston. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful, you know, Jesus-based program that transforms men's lives uh, for men. But we, there's just, as Tony said earlier, there's just, we, we run into so many women and there's no place for them to go. So tell us, tell us about Saving Grace Women's Home. Sure. So uh, after Project Hope was open for a couple of years, um, we as a leadership team decided we need to establish uh, we need to establish a ministry that that is just for women coming uh, out of addiction. And we started Saving Grace Women's Home. Um, 
you know, and it was a modest home in Houston at first, uh, housing up to 14 women. Um, you know, now it's housing up to 24 women in the program at a time. And um, it's free care for them. They don't have to have insurance. They don't have to pay anything. Um, You know, we're totally self-funded. The the ladies actually uh, work in a paint shop, like painting uh, wooden crafts and wall decor. They make jewelry, uh, leather earrings, um, all all that sort of stuff in the afternoons when they're done with class in the morning. And, uh, you know, they, they go up on the weekends uh, to stores that we've partnered with and, and sell the products. And, you know, that's how we fund everything and, and are able to help the ladies that we help. Um, you know, and now we've, we've kept a full house, uh, 24 students in the program. Uh, we've got another 12 women that are on staff and interns and 90% of those staff and interns are graduates of saving grace. You know, that's kind of our model. Uh, once Praise people graduate Lord. the program, we encourage them do an internship. Are are you called to ministry? We have a spot for you, if so. And um, you know that's the model we followed. And like I said, we've stayed full with that women's program for uh, pretty much two years, which is why we're trying to expand now and and double our bed capacity to help more ladies. That is incredible. Let's talk about a couple things. One, I want to know uh what what happens during this year that they're there what 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 how, how do you teach them how do what how do they spend their day and then secondly sure. uh, what I, I want to address is you know a lot of people are, are very reluctant that aren't particularly that aren't ready uh, i can't go for a year you know we hear that <laughs> we, we hear that over <laughs> uh, yeah. although you know they spent uh you, you know i saw something on facebook the other day that said you've got to be as desperate to want to get sober and clean as you were to go out and party well you yeah know? The willingness to recover has to become as great as the willingness to get high, but also, I don't want to say a line, but something I've said to people that balk at that year, I'm like, man, what's a year of your life compared to the rest of your eternity? Well, yeah, compared to to eternity, but not only that, how much time do we, you know, we've just heard Mike talk about years of of going in and out of recovery and Mm -hmm. and, and that he spent, I mean, I've got wasted years, I know you've got wasted years, Tony, Mm -hmm. and if we hadn't gone to to whatever it was that God needed us to do and been willing to do it, then the rest of Well, I'm talking about the full year given to just, you know, the final straw, like, you know, I go to the altar, I give my life to Christ. This is I, I got to recover for a year, and I have to go somewhere for the better part of a year. Well, well that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, because otherwise you're just gonna it's gonna get progressively worse, just right. like it did with Mike. You get and, that 28 and, day and syndrome. You're, huh? you're gonna <laughs> die. The wages of sin are death, and, yeah. and that's certainly true when it comes to addiction. So you know that yeah. year is 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 nothing in the overall scheme of right. things, and particularly when you talk about eternity, yeah. your your salvation. So um, you know I, I would encourage people, and and it goes by quick. You know it it it, it yeah. does when when yeah. you're when you're when you really give your life and your heart to Christ. Uh, there's there's a lot of joy in that, man. And there's a, so tell us what they do. How, how's a typical day at Saving Grace uh, go? Sure. So I mean, it like just like Team Challenge, it is highly structured. Um, you know, they're they're up by six a.m. and the first thing they're doing is uh, morning proverbs and prayer together. Um, you know, a, a time of personal prayer and then a time of group prayer and the group proverbs. Um, they go straight from that, uh, you know, obviously eating breakfast, uh, but then a time of class, uh, where we have an instructor who comes and, and teaches, uh, it's actually the team challenge curriculum that she teaches at that time. 
Um, they're called group studies for new Christians, and that's exactly what they are. They go through, you know, uh, learning the Bible, growing through failure, uh, obeying God, uh, accepting and loving myself, um, all these, these core books that they go through uh, in that morning. In the afternoon, uh, they either go to the workshop or we start to train them up in different departments. If they're talented in art and design, uh, they, they could work in marketing and public relations with some of our staff. Some of them uh, have a call to ministry and to help others, and we actually train them in, in answering the phone and, and calling people back that are calling for help. Um, so we train them in, in different areas uh, throughout the afternoon. And then in the evening, um, you know, depending on the night, they'll either have some free time to relax and do some personal studies, uh, or we'll bring in different speakers from, from churches, of course, when, you know, the coronavirus stuff uh, stops and we can bring in people. Um, but, you know, we normally try to bring in somebody to do a chapel once a week uh, and speak to the ladies. And, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much their day every day. And then on the weekends, uh, they go out and help to do fundraisers uh, at different stores. On Sundays, they're in church. Um, you know, it's it's important that they that they get fed spiritually. So they're in church either at uh, you know our home church, which is CT Church in Houston, or we go out and visit and minister at other churches and allow the ladies to share testimonies of what God's done in their life. Um, you know, and that's that's a twofold thing. We're hoping that that the ladies are able to spread some hope and, and show people that there is a way out. And number two, it's powerful uh, for them to give their testimony and, uh, and remind themselves and speak it out uh, what God has actually done in their life. Isn't that amazing how powerful that is? You know, you, we're going to have to we're going to have to invite you out to New Covenant Church at nine hundred one Wilson Road. Uh, we've got a recovery ministry on Friday nights, and we have testimonies awesome. from time to time. and And y'all are going to be welcome. Both your men's and your women's group are it's, it's a men's and women's fellowship, and y'all are welcome out there any time. So, tell us, uh, awesome, uh, yeah. It's, this has been an amazing, amazing story listening to you. So, you have been with the ministry now for seven. Seven years, and yes. and you don't live here in Houston. You just moved, right? What, what's going on there? I, correct. Uh, I was in Houston for six and a half years, um, and then me and my wife, uh, who I met here, uh, she was one of the staff members. Uh, we recently moved to Fort Walton Beach, Florida, to oversee the men's facility here and to help to launch uh, the Saving Grace Women's Facility here. So that's what we're in the process of doing, um, you know, right now is, is trying to get this women's program off the ground in Florida. Um, and then, you know, I think within the next year or two, I'll probably be back in Houston for good. You know, let's do something real fast. Father God, we just lift up Mike and his whole team out there in Florida. Uh, Father, we, we just ask you to bless this ministry. We ask you to, to, put people in their path that can help them with this. We just ask you to anoint it, Father. Uh, we, we just ask that you lead women there that, that need help and that are open to your love, Father God. We just wish uh, that your hand be in this and on this and in every respect, and that all glory be to you, God, and that people's hearts are open and their minds are open to, to receiving your love and to changing and transforming their lives, Father. We're just obedient. We can't change anybody, but we can we can help introduce them to you, and then you can change their hearts. And we thank 
thank you for that, Father, yeah. in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. How do, okay, so if people want to help you, uh, if they want to get involved, uh, yeah. uh, or if they've got a loved one, or they themselves uh, want to come, and we don't we don't mean to discount, we're just so excited about the women's. You, you've got a men's facility yeah. here in Houston, too. Uh, so yeah. if they want to get a hold of you, give us some contact info, some website information, things of that nature. Sure. So the, the website um, for the women's is savinggracewh.com uh, for women's home. Um, the men's center is projecthoperc4recoverycenter.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Project Hope is just that, Project Hope uh, in Houston. And then Saving Grace is uh, Saving Grace Women's Home on Facebook. Um and, you know, anything that that uh, we can do to help somebody, you know, we, we always have people answering the phones and responding to messages um, really all hours of the day and night whenever somebody reaches out. And, uh, you know, in the in the Houston area, uh, we're going to be uh, God willing, as long as uh, we can have events again, we're going to be having a banquet um, in the end of October. Uh, you know, at the Double Tree Inn, we're looking to have uh, Jim Morris as our speaker this year, uh, who's the who was the subject for the movie The Rookie, um, and that's that's a time cool. that you know we try to celebrate people and and bring them in if they want to learn more about our ministry and what's going on. That uh, Jim Morris was the the pitcher that went through the Tampa Bay Rays, right? That movie, yes. Yeah. That was a great one. Yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah. Amen. And so we'll we'll be praying for you, and we'll be praying for that too. And I'm sure we're gonna stay stay connected and and uh, have you guys on the program again. Just thank you so much for for joining us tonight. Uh, that's an incredible yes. testimony, and and God bless you for the work you're doing. And and uh, just uh, you know, stay committed, brother. I can tell that uh, that God's putting joy in your heart as you help people, and that's just that's just wonderful. We Amen. Just, yeah, hey, thank you. Thank, thank you very so much. much and, uh, you know, say hello. I know you're going to meet Pastor Roger Obergon, who is a dear friend yeah. of both Tony's and mine. He is a truly wonderful man of God, and he's going to be a, a, a wonderful asset for y'all's organization. And uh, Yeah, and do me a favor. When you see Pastor Roger, look him in the eye and say, righteous. He'll know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, okay. he'll, know, he'll, know, he'll know who said that. Well, listen, call us when you come to Houston. I'm sure you're going to go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to meet you personally, take you to lunch, and see see how we can work in the kingdom together. So God bless you, brother. Absolutely. Th- thank you so much. Hey, for God bless you. God bless you both. Okay, we'll talk to you again soon. God bless. All right. All right, let's take a call on line two. We've got a, f- a friend of the show, Mrs. Gross. Uh, Mrs. Gross, how are you tonight? I'm very good. Good. Well, uh, sorry to keep you holding for so long, but we had a wonderful guest there. Uh, what? What? Uh, I have a note here that you want a prayer for the nation tonight. I, Did we lose her? I thought I heard her drop off. Yeah. <laughs> well, the note said pray for the nation, so let's. Yeah. We started that way, but let's do it again. Okay. Father God, we just uh, we lift up. Um, uh, everyone that's listening to this program tonight, uh, we lift up the city of Houston. It's about to have a funeral. Father, we lift up the police officers out there that are serving our nation. Uh, Father God, we we lift up um, the people uh, whose family members have been killed. Um, we, we lift up uh, our brothers and sisters in the African-American community. Father, we just lift up your church and everybody in it. Father, bring us together. Unite us. God, you are love, and that's what we need. We need love. We don't need anger. We don't need 
violence. We just need unity and we need love and we need to change things, Father God. We need to change things for everybody's benefit, that everybody uh, has uh, an equal say in the kingdom of God, Father God, because we are one church united under our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Protect us from this coronavirus. Uh, Let's have the heat kill it and uh, let's uh, develop uh, some treatment for it as soon as possible and have everybody exercise good common sense to stay healthy. But, Father, send an angels to put a hedge of protection around your church, Father God. Just keep us keep us well. And, and for those that are sick with the coronavirus or diabetes or heart disease or lung cancer or all these other things haven't stopped, Father God. And you know who's out there and who needs a touch of your supernatural healing, Father. You are the great physician, Father. And we put our trust in you because we know that you'll either heal us here or you'll heal us uh, with immortality when we when we join you in paradise. We just thank you, Father. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Tony, you want to talk about the podcast again? Because that's so important. Oh, Miss Gross is back on the line. I, is she? Um, are, you, are you there, Miss Gross? Yes. Okay. I'm about to. We, but anyway, I wanted to, you know, pray for the nation. Uh, like, you know, you're just praying for now and for prisoners and their families. Well, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left, but we, we know that you're... Uh, we've got some family members that are listening to us and other guys in prison. Father God, we lift up these men in prison. Father, we just hope that they find you in, in, uh, because uh, you're there with them. Uh, Jesus has is, is, got a heart for people that are in prison. Uh, it's never too late for salvation. Um, this is a church and a country that believes in second chances and third chances, as we just heard in our testimony. It's never too late to give your life to Christ, Father God. And we just pray that you touch these men, give them hope, show them your love. Put your, show them how much you love them. It's more than they can possibly imagine. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Tony, you want to talk about the podcast? Yeah, or? you know, I mentioned that before the break, and I just want to say something that's really on my mind that I mentioned earlier. You know, it, it's, the protesting is, is legal, and it's part of our uh, history. And it's something we all have a right to do. But I really think it's time to substitute the protesting with the praying. Yeah. You know, these, these people are, that, that want to kneel in the street with their hands up and yell at cops and throw things at them. I mean, how about we get on our, kneels, our knees and throw our hands up to God and ask him for, for healing? Because he can fix all this. Yeah, he can. If we let him. Yeah. Um, we, we, we can't fix this. No. Um, and there are a lot of people now suffering the same way they did with the virus, the collateral damage of this whole political division and everything is coming to a head in this country. And I just hope that uh, more of us lean on God and uh, so we can provide us a way out of this before we really take it to an extreme we don't want to go to. Yeah, you know, So that, that, that's my prayer for uh, for our nation today. And the podcast, again, we, uh, like I said, is very simple. Go to where, wherever your search engine will lead you for podcasts. And type in Recovery Radio Houston Podcasts. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It's free. You can carry the show with you wherever you go. You don't have to be on air at 9 o'clock, even though we, we love you to be. We understand things happen. You can't tune in right away. At least now you'll have the callers, the whole show, everything there. Because you never know when it comes to recovery when you need to hear something. And uh, our show has definitely been full of a lot of things you can uh, use for a daily uh, program. Amen. And we just want to share our hope and our, our strength and our encouragement. And that hope, strength, and encouragement comes from one place, and that's Jesus Christ, Amen. our Lord and Savior. And the peace that surpasses all understanding, the true recovery begins when you begin to be act Christ-like, when you accept him into your heart, you surrender your life, and then you start helping other people. 
That's what yeah. really does it. That's that's the magic cure. You can't keep what you don't yeah, give well, away. Jesus is the magic cure. You, yeah, you yeah. can't keep what you don't give away. You know, I want to I want to promote where uh, you know as church Tony. You know, we planted a new church, New Covenant Church, right. Greater Heights, at two forty West Eighteenth Street in the Heights. It's uh, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, two forty West Eighteenth Street. We're still online right now because of uh, the building that we're in and some other reasons. Uh, we're online at six p.m. Um, every every Sunday night, uh, six p.m. But we're going to be back in our building. We're excited on mm-hmm. June twenty eighth. June twenty eighth, right yeah, June twenty eighth. It is coming right up, and we'll be back in the building. And you know, we're a church, Tony. We're we're a recovery church mm-hmm. uh, because uh, Jesus told us that that uh, we're to seek the lost. And right. he told us that we're to make disciples the Great of all, all, all nations. Exactly. And so if you come to our church, we're going to love you. We're going to encourage you. We're not going to judge you. But we also need people that are equipped, that that you know that are already in the church, mm-hmm. that have a lot of na- uh, knowledge, that, that are equipped to make disciples, that are equipped yeah. to love people, to encourage people, to help and people. And you may be one and you don't even know it. Yeah, amen. <laughs> so, so if you're in the Heights or anywhere in Houston and you want to join us at 240 West 18th Street, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, uh, we'll be there with open arms and uh, introduce you to somebody who's got the biggest arms in the whole that's uh, right. Creation. That's Jesus Three weeks Christ. from tomorrow, 6 p.m. Amen. Have a good night. Recovery Radio Houston loves you. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Amen.